think I got all the fun facts I could think of today. I've been googling and lo- googling and googling, googling and looking. I haven't seen any. <laughs> Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your hosts, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. So today we're talking about The Book Thorn by N.T. Sar Kanani. And this, was this her debut novel? I feel like it might have been. Uh, it's a wonderful, amazing novel. I don't think it was. I think the Sunbolt Chronicles were the first one she wrote. Oh, now I have to look it up. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, Let's see. Oh, yep. Thorn was the first one she published in uh, 2012. Sunbolt, which is the sun- first of the Sunbolt Chronicles, was published in 2013. Theft of Sunlight, which is the second one after Thorn, wasn't published until 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she wrote Thorn, I guess, as a standalone. And then she wrote the Sunbolt Chronicles. And then she went back and she wrote... Theft of Sunlight and A Darkness at the Door, which are continuations of the story of Thorn um, with a different main character. Oh, I love it. And I know you right now may or may not be reading the third book. Oh, I'm 100% reading A Darkness at the Door right now. I'm halfway through and I'm obsessed and I can't stop reading it. Oh, Abby, right now... I hope that I'm using this mic because it's the fancy mic. I'm telling you, I have been stalking the evil um, library, which I know is not really evil. It's a great thing. Wonderful thing. They give us books and that makes us happy. But I have been, uh, I'm number two on the list, but it's still a four week wait. And I'm like. For this third book? Yes, on the third book. And I'm trying very hard to be very patient. And I know, I know once you're done, I could just come on over and take your book and all would be good. I know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's okay. I get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I read this book um, as an ebook. I grabbed it from the library and devoured it. And this definitely came from your recommendation. Pretty sure this was on our list last year. We finally just got to it this year. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely was sending you messages like, how dare you make me read this book? This book is ripping my heart out. And you're like, heart mode, love you. It's fine. And I'm like, yeah, it's not really fine, actually. I actually read the audiobook of this years ago when we both still worked together. What? Yeah. And then... No, you didn't. Really? Well, and I thought it was really good, right? Yeah. I think I read it like shortly after it came out because that's about the time that we were working together. Yeah. And then for some reason, I returned the audiobook. Do not ask me why. All right. Okay. I don't know why I returned it. I think that was the dumbest decision ever, (laughs) Um, which I rectified like last year. I think I rebought the audiobook because I was like, since 2020 i have had a hankering to reread this specific book and i couldn't remember what it was called i just knew that i had read it as an audiobook so i had to go like back into my audible and look through and i was like why did i return it yeah that's weird um yeah so i rebought the audiobook and i was like okay i'm gonna listen to this this year because it's just like this book is on my mind and i need to reread it it was it's one of those books that like warmed into my brain and i needed to reread it 
and I didn't get around to it in 2020. So like 21, I was like, yep, let's do it. I'm going to do it. Did not happen. <laughs> I was like, I definitely did not happen. So last year, again, I told myself I was going to read it and I'm like, it's going to happen. Did not happen. And so this year I was like, you know something? This is going to be one of the first books I pick up because I need to read it. I own the audiobook. I own the physical book. So I picked up the physical book and I devoured it. Mm. Oh my gosh. What an amazing book. Oh, like I loved it. So I knew I was going to love it. And so I'd already bought the second one, not realizing there was a different main character. And so I devoured this first one. And then I was like, oh, I have the second one. So I started reading it. Ah, I should have bought the third one right away. (laughs) And then you died a little, right? And you're just like, and we're dead. Well, because I promised myself this year that I'm not going to buy books until the end of the month. And then I'm not going to buy more books than I read. Mm -hmm. So I had to wait until the end of the month to even buy a book. And then I had to wait like another week for it to ship to me because I didn't like Amazon it. Yeah. That was such a long wait. (laughs) And then I immediately dropped all the other books that I was reading to start it. And what other books did you drop to be like, I need to read this book right now? Um, Let's see. How Rory Thorne Destroyed the Multiverse, which I'm having a great time with, but I'm so obsessed with this series that I had to drop it anyways, even though I was having a great time with it. <laughs> um, And let's see. Heart of the Sun Warrior, I started the day I got it and then... I read a chapter and dropped it because I needed to read this one instead. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, let's see. I had a couple different audiobooks going that I'm just like not listening to. Because <laughs> I'm literally so obsessed with these three books that I just, I can't focus on other books. You are cracking me up. It's just like, I just can't do it. <laughs> and now I'm like, I need to buy the other two audiobooks because I have Thorn. But I don't have Theft of Sunlight or Darkness at the Door. And I'm like, I need all the audiobooks because I love this so much. I'm going to re-listen to these like as religiously as I re-listen to Mercy and Alpha and Omega. I understand that. I need these audiobooks now. <clears throat> Anyways, so yeah, I, I love these books. She is officially one of my new favorite authors. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I I'm so excited that I have a new favorite author. I, I need to go back and um find the Sunbolt Chronicles after this and read those because oh <laughs> that good, right? So good. These books have wormed their way into my brain and they will not leave. Not a terrible thing. It's a very well written world. So I think some of the things that I enjoy most about this book is that it is a well, it's like the vibe I get from it is really based in like the Middle East, kind of like um, Iran and Iraq, kind of like that uh, Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia area, you know, the creative life kind of vibe because it talks about the mountains, but also like it's dusty, um, it has a coastline. So when I read it, you know, those are definitely like where I'm picturing on uh, the characters happening the way that she describes the characters, you know, definitely everything from pale to brown skin and the spectrum in between how the, um, the Fae, the elves, um, that she's described are very dark, 
and have striking eyes and just all sorts of like just really good imagery. Like I'm just loving how everything is described in these books and where it's set. Oh yeah, I love that. It's it's definitely in the Mesopotamian area. And the funny thing is to me is that it starts in like a European centric country mm-hmm. because um Alira is very pale. <laughs> and like it's her home is described as being a castle. Um yeah. And like with forests around it, that kind of thing, which is your European centric. And then she goes to the other country. It's definitely Mesopotamia. Like, yeah, it's a big change. Culture shock. And she can't speak the language. What you gonna do? Well, actually, what does she do? Can you read the summary for us? Gladly. Between her cruel family and the contempt she faces at court, Princess Elyra has always longed to escape the confines of her royal life. But when she's betrothed to the powerful Prince Castron, Elyra embarks on a journey to his land with little hope for a better future. When a mysterious and terrifying sorceress robs Elyra of both her identity and her role as princess, Elyra seizes the opportunity to start a new life for herself as a goose girl. But Elyra soon finds that Castron is not what she expected. The more Elyra learns of this new kingdom, the pain and suffering its people endure, as well as the danger facing Kestrin from the sorceress herself, the more she knows she can't remain the goose girl forever. With the fate of the kingdom at stake, Elyra is caught between two worlds and ultimately must decide who she is and what she stands for. <laughs> yes. So our characters who got mentioned in summary, we have Elyra, who's the main character of Princess, has no friends, abused by her brother and ignored by her mother. That's a lie, though. She does have friends. She has uh, the cook and her handsmaid. She has good friends within um, her home and castle. It's just not the courtiers or anything because everyone a jerk. That's true. I met the courtiers. She didn't have any friends among the courtiers. She's friends with all the servants. That's true. Um, we have Kirsten. Kestrin. Kestrin, thank you. Uh, a prince of a powerful neighbor country. We have Volka, the disgraced daughter of a lord who has a personal grudge against Alara for her disgrace. We have Balada, a horse. That's with the capital H, mind you, because he's magical. Um, we have Sage and Violet Oak, Rowan and Ash, who are um, hostlers. Is that how you say that? Hostlers and stable workers who take Laura under their wing. And then we have the queen, uh, her mom. Bleh. And then we have the prince, her brother, bleh, as well. Uh, bleh. We don't like them. Nope, we do not. And of course, there's other characters in here, too, but we can't talk about them. Mm-hmm. But they're yeah. quite awesome. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, spoilies happen. But we'll wait. We won't spoil them right now. Um, what else? What are some other thoughts, Abby, about this book? Um, I love how realistic this feels. Because the older I've gotten, like, when you're younger, you're like, yeah, I want to be a badass warrior. I want to be, you know, a princess. And I want to, like, take on the bad guys. And then as you get older, I'm like, that is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. that feels like way too much work for way too little reward i don't want to be a royal i just want a normal regular peaceful life and so alira has this struggle throughout the book of i don't want to be a royal and then she turns she switches faces with Valka, 
and ends up not being a royal anymore and is now a goose girl and she's just like i like this life i i like the daily work i like the people that have taken me under their wing i like having these friends and just like being among the people like a normal person and i'm like man i so identify with that <laughs> well you also don't want to be a royal and manage your uh court so are you saying like are your small humans your court and you don't want to manage them and they need to start managing themselves a little bit better yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't i don't i don't think that's gonna work out for you seriously i i love her struggle throughout the book just like she knows it's kind of a ticking time bomb that she can't just stay a goose girl forever mm-hmm. because the person she, she switched faces with is so horrible yeah <laughs> can't be allowed to be left in that position she's kind of the worst person ever right and so the whole book is this struggle of i don't want to take this mantle back up even though i know i know eventually i have to and like pushing it off and i just i i loved that it's it's kind of like a chosen one trope oh yes yeah like it's kind of like a chosen one trope minus like some magic user coming in and being like you're the chosen one to fulfill the prophecy no it's really just a um you need to take your role back up mm-hmm. kind of chosen one. i don't blame her though i don't think i would want to take the role <laughs> someone else can have it no all the pretty dresses and fancy food in the world isn't that worth no. it. No, no, not not to deal with her uh, her brother or her mom. Yeah, no, I'm good. I think I think I would also yeah. want to work with the horses and being goose girl because they sound like they had a good time. You know, they were fed, they had free time, they had work to do, they had a salary. Perfect. You know, sounds great. Well, she was good at what she did, too. That was Mm -hmm. the other thing. Like, she was good at being a goose girl, and she was good at being a stable hand. And, like, was if she had stayed in that life, she would have eventually become a hostler, like, one of the royal hostlers. And it's just like, yeah, I can't blame her (laughs) for wanting that life over being a royal. I wouldn't. Not with the crap that she dealt with. Her brother. Mm. Anyway, so guys, we're going to take a break because we need to talk about some characters. Yes, we do. All right. All right. We'll see you in a minute, guys. Hi there. Howdy. I'm Asha Rourke. I'm Kendall Shaw. And we want to tell you about our podcast, That That Pretentious Book Club. Once a week, we release a new episode about a book of our choosing. Old, new, beloved, and hated. Some of the books that we've done so far are Pride and Prejudice, Raven Boys, Clockwork Angel, Jane Eyre, and more. Blacksmiths. Obviously, that's cool. I'm talking about... Blacksmiths do. It's stability. (laughs) (laughs) One time when I was in New Mexico with some friends, we were at Billy's grave, and (laughs) Sabrina literally said, Sorry, your boyfriend's dead. (laughs) Detention in this room is off the charts right now. (laughs) That was really, really hard. And honestly, I'm really proud of myself. I feel like I did my best. (laughs) It's really good. (laughs) Come be my wife. It won't be that bad. It'll be a little bad. It'll be all right. We can do Taco Tuesday. (laughs) You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for That Pretentious Book Club. And follow us on Instagram, too. So come visit the club. And until then, keep your teacups full, your pinkies high, and your book club pretentious. 
Welcome back, and remember, this hack is spoilers. If you have not read Thorn, please stop. Go read it. Just go read it. Go read it. E. Then you can come back and talk to us. <laughs> I don't want to spoil this for you. This book is so good. Uh, okay, let us start with favorite characters. You want me to start? I can start. Um, One, I love when one of my favorite characters is literally the main character. Um, Alara is just an amazing main character. One, she's like, okay, she's humble. And I, it, you know, it kind of sucks that she's humble because she's kind of been pushed into humbleism, humbleness, basically, by being unfavored and unloved. And you just want to be like, I love you so much. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And she, her quiet strength, like, she has so she's badass like let's just be honest she has all all of this in her that she's like i'm gonna handle it i got it i'm gonna take care of it and they do good you know mm -hmm. um i really like red hawk who is the um thief king essentially that uh ultimately befriends her and oh, I'll talk about my favorite scenes with him later, but I just, I, I, I kind of, I'm glad there wasn't a love triangle with Red Hawk, her and the prince, but I almost was like, mm, you don't need to be a princess because I like Red Hawk better than I like the prince. But I mean, I love the prince as well, so it's fine. Um, and obviously, Falada. I love Falada so much. So much, Abby. Mm. I was I, I was not happy when I was like I was like Abby, what is this book I'm reading? Why is this happening? <laughs> I'll talk about that in my least favorite scenes because I was not pleased. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. So those are my top top characters, but like honestly, I loved her working with the ho um hustlers hustlers hustlers. Anytime they had interactions, I love the family um, led by Sage and Violet and the boys and how they're like, come here, come become one of us, join us for food. It's okay. And they're like, we take you, we take care of you, pet, pet, pet. You know what I mean? And I love that so much. Mm -hmm. And just made me so happy. Oh, I loved their little found family. Mm -hmm. Like, because her family was so crappy yeah. and was like, suck. Her family was the classic narcissistic parent with a golden child and a scapegoat child her brother's the golden child obviously and she was the scapegoat mm -hmm. that's exactly what this dynamic was in her family and then she goes and she's stripped of everything and becomes this lowly goose girl and this other family just like takes her in and they're her newfound family and they're so wholesome and loving and they teach her the language and it's just oh it's so pure and I love I them all know. so much. They are the best. They made me so happy. I agree. Um, I really like Elira. I, as I said, appreciate her desire to lead a quiet life. Um, but I also appreciate her choosing to take her identity back at the end. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like she had a lot of growth throughout the book. Yeah. Because it was a genuinely difficult decision. And being a goose girl, she got to be among the people and learn a lot that she wouldn't have seen if she had just gone to be the princess. 
And I think it gave her more fortitude, more backbone, more steel within herself. Mm -hmm. And I really, I loved watching that. It was a lot, you know, like, Mm -hmm. just watching her and you're just like, oh, honey, oh, oh, I just need, I just want to hug you, you know? Well, I think one of my absolute favorite things about her is that she's not a, I'm going to grab a sword and be a badass kind of woman, but she's still such a strong female character. Because you hear Mm -hmm. a strong female character, you're thinking of someone with a sword, someone who's going to beat somebody up. That's not Elira. She is very... She is such a strong female character, but in the totally opposite way that you don't see nearly as often. Which is wild. Like, I love, I was, you're just sitting there going, dang. And like, she's so inspiring, you know? I know. That's why I loved her so much. Because I was like, she uses her intelligence. She uses her kindness and her, like, those quieter qualities to, mm -hmm. like, gather good people around herself and to think through problems and just like oh she's such a wonderful character i i I want i want my crazy mara to be like her (laughs) no mara's gonna be the um battle axe wielder (laughs) it's okay we need those women in the world too but it's so She's, so she's nice kind of, have, have you seen my child? She's kind of scary, okay? I know, she's rough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's a good kid, good kid, but whoa, oh my God, this morning she was not my favorite character. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it was just, it's so nice to see the spotlight on a character who is humble and more quiet and just uses their intelligence and their genuine care for the people around them to make a difference uh i loved it mm, i loved her so much um i also really liked kestrin yeah he is this character who is stuck in an impossible position like he's got this fey sorceress who's basically killing off all of his relatives and wanting to kill him and like what's he gonna do about that literally he can't really do anything about it he's just waiting for the axe to fall but he's also he's not just sitting back he's also using his own intelligence and i mean you find out that he's the wind later on and so he knows who elira is supposed to be i know oh my god i love that that was the best reveal ever i, I was like yes i was oh. like this is so amazing oh okay well you talk about that in a minute but um yeah, I know it's hard. It's hard, like <laughs> not to talk about it. But the fact that he uses his intelligence to go, I know this girl. This is not how she's been. There's no way she changed this much. So I'm gonna figure mm-hmm. this out. Especially when he took um Vaka to see the forest, and she was like, mm, that's nice, it's the forest. And he's like, This is a exact mm-hmm. replica of the grotto that we always met and you talked to. And I was like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Oh, I loved it. Yes. And so like, and like him, the process of him, like having different interviews with Elira um, and like figuring out that she couldn't and wouldn't tell him anything, um, partially because mm-hmm. of what the sorceress did. 
and partially because she just didn't trust him because why should she? Mm-hmm. Um, but him using what he gleaned from that, using what he's gleaning from interacting with Valka, just oh, and him putting all the pieces together. That's a smart guy right there. Yep. I, I really appreciated his intelligence. I also loved that he loved Delira so much, but he wasn't trying to force her to love him. I I really appreciated that. It was great, but it was awesome. I know. He was such a good he is such a good guy. Not was, is he's completely is like, for sure. He straight up tells her, like, I love you, and I know that you don't really trust me because you don't really know me, and that's okay. So we're just gonna like take it slow. Mm-hmm. so good I appreciated him so much he was he was a great counterbalance to Elira yep they're a good pair um I adored Falada how could you not adore Falada god I teared up about Falada Falada's wonderful Falada's a magical horse I I was going to die I wanted Let to punch you. people I wanted to punch people Mm-hmm. I was not happy. And I had big feelings about it. Mm, lots of feelings. And then I already talked about the hostlers. I love the found family. Mm, just beautiful. All right. Least favorite characters. I assume you agree with my list. Oh. <laughs> you also forgot one, though. Um, you forgot the the uh, the boy, the goose boy. Oh, the goose boy. What's his? I don't mm. know what his name. I is. don't care what his name is. His name doesn't matter. Um, so, the goose boy who tried to assault um, Alara. Mm. That made me so mad. I'm like, but then here comes the wind. The wind came and saved her, and it was awesome. Um, which I appreciate. That's one of those mm. scenes where I was like, somebody's gonna come save her, and it better be Kestrin. I don't know how he's gonna do it, but he's gonna do it. Right. You know? So we had that. Um, what else did we have? Obviously, the queen is a useless SOB. Yep, yep, no, but still a B. I was like, how do you spell that word? Nope, it starts with a B as well. <laughs> um, and the prince is from the same cloth, essentially. Yeah. Ooh, everything with the prince made me so infuriated, uh-huh. you know? And the fact that her mom didn't do anything to protect her. So basically, guys, the prince was physically abusive, emotionally abusive, all the things. <laughs> it was just mm. not cool. Made me angry. Mm-hmm. You know? Very much so. Very mm-hmm. much so. Like and, I said, their, their family was that classic narcissistic parent, the golden child mm-hmm. who was the brother, and then scapegoat who was Lyra. It's like, it made me just want to yeah. like kill both the queen and the brother. Mm. Mm. I know, I know. Anger. She wrote it too realistically. That was the problem. I know. Like great writing, she wrote it very realistically, but that was the problem. That's why it made me so angry. I know, I know. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, and then their coursers um. Valka, Volka. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, but I really loved like how she was like, this is the punishment that an imposter should have. And the king's like, excellent. This is your punishment. She's like, oh shit. 
that's uh -huh. yeah. well, I knew that oh I knew that was coming too like as soon as the king asked like what kind of punishment a traitor should have I was like oh girl you're just about to send mm -hmm. your death warrant here well oh. she went she went dumb okay she went dumb well and here's the mm. thing at the same time like as horrible as Valka was I totally agreed with Elira. Like, don't give her that kind of punishment. That's it's too much. No, she is a good person, you know? Yeah, and I just, like, even Valka had to die. There was just no two ways around that. But also, I was very much with Elira with, I wish it didn't have to be that way. You know? Mm-hmm. I felt like, yeah, she Valka took advantage of the circumstances that the sorceress gave her, which was, you know, bad on many levels. But at the same time, was it really execution worthy? I, I mean, royalty different rules, you know, than we do yeah. as normal human beings. I don't know. I was just... I very much sympathized with Elira's way of thinking about all of that because I was like, no, I agree. I agree. I really did. But yeah, Valka was a terrible person. Like, yeah. genuinely terrible. No, no redemption. She had zero redemption. Yeah. Mm. I was like, mm, no one likes you. Then <laughs> why should they? I wish she hadn't been so nasty, but also she had it coming to her too. Because like, if she hadn't, I don't know. Uh, the whole thing made me angry. She and Elira's brother were very much a match set. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. But they were very much a match set. You have to agree to that. Oh they, yeah. They, oh yeah. They even mentioned like if the falling out between Elira and her brother and Valka had not happened, that Valka would have ended up as his queen. Like, would have married her brother. Which is horrifying to think about. Yes, it was. The whole thing was horrifying, honestly, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Awful human beings. All of them are awful human beings. All right. Favorite scenes. Kestrin revealing he had been the wind. Yes, number one scene. <gasps> ever. Oh. <gasps> She thought it was just some, like, little wind sprite who talked to her. But no. no it was a person. And then we all died. Well, we didn't die inside, but we were like. I squeed in happiness. <laughs> uh, when I, I was like, no. And then I read it again. I was like, yes. <laughs> exactly. Like, I can't tell you how happy that made me. I was like, oh, my God. Yes, that's so sweet. <laughs> so good. Loved it. They were friends this whole time. She just didn't know it. And then it just made us so happy. Just made us so happy. Yeah. And there was like, there was complete logic behind why he hadn't just straight up told her why he was the wind too. Like when they mm -hmm. first met. Like, kind of not, no one's supposed to know right. that he has magic. Right. Nobody's supposed to know that he's a magician. Nobody's supposed to know, um, like, nobody except the two of them knew about their conversations with him as the wind. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's, that's like, the thing that saved her. Because 
if she had just been some random political marriage that they'd like thrown a dart at a map and gone sure we'll have her marry the prince that would have been right like there would have been no saving that she would have just stayed a goose girl and Valka would have taken her place and been a horrible monarch yeah but the fact that he was the wind changed everything like mm. literally that is what saved her from being a goose girl it's what and then it him. made it, and then it made us so happy oh, so happy so happy and the fact that he beat up the goose boy as the wind that was yes. just awesome all right um i also really loved Alyra standing up to the face sorceress Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I actually kind of didn't care about that part of the story as much. Like, I know it was important because, like, the whole thing, the prince is being haunted by this mythical being that's cursed. And I was kind of like, I cared more about Alara and the prince's relationship and kicking um, Valka's ass, basically. So. Yeah. I enjoyed her standing up to the face sorceress because it proved. <laughs> To me that she cared it proved to me how much she had grown as a character because mm. i feel like if the face because the face sorceress confronts her at the beginning of the book trying to get her to agree to work for the sorceress to kill kestrin yep and like she shows a little bit of backbone there and doesn't agree right mm-hmm. but at the end, when she's facing the sorceress again, the sorceress is putting her through these trials where she's literally having to face down Kestra looking like the sorceress and him trying to kill her. Yeah. I, yeah. Kind of scary. Thought, Can you imagine being in that scenario with no. like your husband? No, I'm good. Like, that's horrifying to think about. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. The simple notion of agreeing to that has was is more bravery than I think is in me, you know. Well, and I mean, like because like he literally could have killed her at one point, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like oh, and that, that is scary. That just showed so much, like growth in Alara as a character to me that I loved watching that happen. Like it was hard to read. Okay, but it was great. I mean, I can I can agree with that. I can go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I also loved Alyra just being Alyra, saving this boy, <laughs> and he's all beat up. Yeah, only to find out that he's Red Hawk, one of the thief lords of the city. Right. <laughs> she's just that, like, that was quite excellent. I loved it because she's just like, oh no, he's beat up, and there's a bunch of people chasing him. I don't want this random person to die. She distracts them and then drags him like halfway across the city until she finds like where she can leave him with somebody safely. She's like, come here. Let's go. And they're all just like, did did you, you don't know who he is? And she's like, why would I know who he is? He was injured. I just wanted to help. And they're all like, where are you from? He's like, not here, Yaya. Like, not here. (laughs) Yeah, so I just... I loved that. Like, you could tell. I had a feeling when she started helping him. I'm like, this is not a coincidence. He's going to be somebody important. I just don't know who. <laughs> hmm. I love that he ended up being one of the Thief Lords. I'm like, oh, cool. 
You're like, surprise, not really. Right. Um, I loved the scene where she confronts Kestrin and agrees to take, like, her royal mantle back up and stop being a goose girl. I know, but I was also, I was like, good work, girl. Good work. You did it. Well, and I appreciated that she was like, I can do more for these people as a princess than I can as a goose girl or even a hostler. Mm -hmm. And I want to do that. And that's just, that was so wonderful because she was so apathetic about being a princess at the beginning. I don't blame her. Just don't don't blame her her either. But the fact that she had something to, something that she wanted to work for to better these people's lives as a whole was just it was lovely. It showed her character growth. I loved her character so much. Have I mentioned that? I know. That? <laughs> I know. Such, she is such a good character. She is. Oh. And then I genuinely loved the slow burn in, in the different um, the different sides of Kestrin and Elira's relationship. Because it's very clear that he's in love with her the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that she does not reciprocate those feelings. And she's like, meh. <laughs> but granted, he has been in love with her and she didn't even know he was real. So I understand. Exactly. And so I appreciate the real dynamics that this relationship shows and how they both handle it. And I loved that slow burn of it. And I loved that at the end, they didn't have some forced kiss or anything. Yeah. It was just this agreement between the two of them of we're going to take this slow and see how it goes. <laughs> we both have some of the same goals for the people. So we're going to see how our relationship works. Because a lot of authors would have been tempted to be like, no, they need to kiss at the end. No, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah. We're good. No kisses. Just be friends. That's one of the great things about this book. There's like, nothing explicit or spicy at all like they don't even kiss the main couple never even kisses once in this book (laughs) which is okay i mean even for i think that's why i also love the book so much because like even the second book where um we had kind of a continuation of her story that we follow a different character i mean of course she gets married to um kirsten and they have a wedding night kirsten i can't even say it and and the only thing they say is that they were both glowing. And you're just like, oh, they're glowing. And you just, you know, and as as adults, we know what that means. But like, as if I was handing this to like a 13-year-old to read, I'm like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the perfect kind of romance. I like, oh, 100%. you know, young like, kids. You don't need to be explicit to know what happened. Use your imagination. <laughs> fade to black, my favorite way to do romance. Well, this isn't even fade to black. It's just like a passing sentence. They glowed and we're all like, oh, you glowed. Right. It's yeah, like anyway. Elira blushed as she uh, walked towards the door- doors of the room. And that's it. That's all you get. Yeah, that's all you get. All right. So let's move into least favorite scenes. Oh, I'm going to cry. Oh. Anyway, so Mo's going to start with this before Abby has feelings. Um, uh, I distinctly was texting Abby. I don't know when, what time it was late or at night. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm reading. What's why, why is the, what, what's going on? Because the horse died. Flotta was killed in vengeance by Volca because she's an awful human being. Mm-hmm. And we hate her. And basically 
his last dying wish was like told um Alara up mount my head and put it on a thing and put it on the gate and then she would talk to Flada's head and you're just like why why you give me these feelings and then of course you know the dead horse head talked back and said princess don't forget who you are princess but he I mean it's implied in the book that he knew that he needed to sever ties with her because she was too comfortable and part you know like this was like a, a catalyst of her pushing her into her fate essentially and yes I agree. Um, Violet dying was awful. Not good. Um, mm-hmm. I hated that scene. I was so pissed because it, it like, so Violet was assaulted um, and essentially left for dead in the alley and not even retribution against um, Alara. And they had a healer come try to fix her. They actually got a mage healer because she reached out to the, um, someone in the palace and was like ah, we can help us here and she still died and it was so heartbreaking and i was so mad but speaking of favorite scenes um you know the prince tried to help tried to send um people to make it right and she turned to red hawk and he brought the street justice and i'm like hell yeah man here we go that was a favorite scene um that was kind of a terrible scene but yes. Yeah. I I was heartbroken when Violet died because they do all this stuff for her and she still doesn't make it. It's like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <sighs> that just like, I read that sentence that she was dead and I closed the book. Yeah. I went, I know. I did. I closed the book. I had to walk away for a second. Like, oh my God. I had to reread it it? because I'm like, she can't be dead. And, you know, then I reread it. I was like, "Mm." and then I grumbled. Also, least favorite scenes. Any interaction with Olyra and her family. Yep. Yep. Kill them. Kill them both. They're terrible. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, if you guys need any kind of hope or anything, there is a brilliant scene in the second book with, uh, with these two that oh just god. kind of makes you go oh, man so good it was so good, mm, was so good. oh my god it was so good oh yeah you have to know so if you read this one cause, yeah. oh my god because mm. they suck in general but things are better in the second book let me tell you i was like yes the second book gave um, so much satisfaction i need i need the library to give me the third book you know that um I even have both, like, I have my library card and Kim's library card on the Libby app, and only her library has it. And I'm like, give me the book. Oh, my gosh. All right. Final thoughts. Five stars. Great book. Everyone should read it. Um, It is a book I will definitely recommend to young readers. I recommended it to one of my coworkers who has young girls. And I'm like, this is a great book about women um empowerment um quiet strength taking over you know doing the right thing even though you don't want to because you have the skills to do it kind of a thing it's just really amazing book mm-hmm. yeah five stars um this is one of my new favorite authors this is one of my new favorite series just everything about it is absolutely brilliant and i love it all oh oh i want to read everything she wrote now Yep. 
Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And please go buy this book. Go share this book. Get on social media and tell people how much you love this book because this author deserves all of the love and shout out. Amen to that. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use. Or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.